it was a quiet night just a few days before Christmas when police found themselves at the beginning of a killing spree. Two adolescents were reportedly killed off of Lake Herman Road, located in the northern region of California. What was typically a popular spot for teenagers to hang out turned into a devastating crime scene for reporting officers who found the bodies of a 16-year-old girl, Betty Lou Jensen, and 17-year-old David Fairday. Both shot to death with their bodies discovered outside of David's car sometime after 11 p.m. that night. Tire marks indicated a second car pulled up alongside the couple, and further evidence suggested the killer got out of his car and approached their vehicle before shooting. But there was little proof otherwise to pinpoint who could have committed such a gruesome crime, and more so, why. The murders of Betty Lou Jensen and David Faraday were thoroughly investigated, but no leads developed until August of 1969 when he first made his presence known. Betty Lou and David were not part of a random killing. They were part of something much more sinister. They were a part of the first known victims of America's most mysterious serial killer, the Zodiac. Prior to investigators linking the Zodiac to Betty Lou and David's murders was the attack of Darlene Barron and Michael Magoo. A similar scenario to that of the Lake Herman Road Killage. Darlene and Michael were stationed in Blue Rock, Blue Rock Spring Park. <laughs> Let me know when you're ready. Good, let's go. Darlene and Michael were stationed in Blue Rock Springs Park, just four miles from Lake Herman Road on July 5th, 1969. A car pulled into the lot next to Darlene's vehicle. Thinking it was a police officer, the two reached for their IDs when suddenly a man started shooting at them. After five shots, the killer made his way back to his car, where he fired yet another round into the innocent pair. Darlene was pronounced dead at the scene, but Michael miraculously lived, providing a thorough witness accounting, including a detailed description of the man's appearance. Just 45 minutes after their attack, a call was made to the Vejo Police Department from a payphone inside the park. It's, it's like Vallejo or some shit like that. I, I, I don't fucking care. You can't roll your R's, bro? <laughs> like Enrique? Enrique. Rico. Taco, tamale, enchilada, chalupa. <laughs> bro, I was such a fat ass in Spanish class. They used to have me pronounce the names of the food, bro. You can't do a grito, bro. A grito. A grito. <laughs> <laughs> It was the alleged killer who not only claimed responsibility for Darlene and Michael, 
but he claimed the lives of Betty Lou and David, providing details that were never released to the public. Police had their killer on the line, as well as a description from Michael recounting the murderer to be to be in his late 20s, around 5'8", 190 pounds, with short, light brown hair. But the trail went cold until August 1st of 1969, when three San Francisco-based news publications received three identical letters, all from the Zodiac Killer himself. The letter not only gave detailed descriptions of both murders, including facts only the police would know, but each came with a 408-symbol cryptogram designed by Zodiac to plant clues of his real identity. He demanded the papers publish his letters or he would cool kill again. Media outlets did indeed print his ciphers and got a hit when a local teacher decoded the first one. It translated to, I like killing people because it is so much fun. It is more fun than killing wild game in the forest because man is the most dangerous animal of all to kill. Something gives me the most thrilling experience. It is even better than getting your rocks off with a girl. The best part of it is that when I die, I will be reborn in paradise, and those I have killed will become my slaves. I will not give you my name because you will try to slow down or atop my collection of slaves for my afterlife. On August 7, 1969, another letter was received at the San Francisco Examiner. A disappointed Zodiac explained he wasn't happy that his letter didn't make the front page and provided even more details on the recent homicides on September 27, 1969, Zodiac struck again. Brian Hartnell and Cecilia Shepard were picnicking at Lake Berryessa, a small island off of Napa County, but their beautiful out outing turned into the worst nightmare when a man wearing a black executioner's hood approached the couple. He claimed that he had just escaped prison and needed their car to drive to Mexico. He tied the couple up and instructed them to lay face down on the ground. He then proceeded to viciously stab them both, leaving them for dead. He to Brian Hartnell's car and drew a circle with a cross through it, a symbol that will soon become its, his notorious trademark, with a sinister message beneath it. A nearby fisherman who heard the screams of Brian and Cecilia contacted the police. Cecilia sadly succumbed to her injuries and died a few days after the attack. Brian survived to recount his harrowing experience, hoping to aid police even further in catching the menacing killer. Unfortunately for Napa County detectives, the local press, and residents of California, this was only the beginning. On October 11, 1969, a man entered a cab at a busy intersection in San Francisco. Just after turning the corner around Cherry Street, the unexpected driver was shot in the head by the passenger. Three teenagers not only heard the shots, but they witnessed the man exit the cab, wipe it down, and walk away as if nothing happened. Paul Stein, the innocent cab driver, was found slumped over the front seat in what's known as one of the most famous Zodiac slayings. But his death was not in vain. At this murder, as this murder, 
gave investigators their first real witness description from not one, but three individuals. It was described similarly to that of Michael Magoo, who was attacked earlier that year. Young white male, late 20s to early 30s, about 5'9", with light brown hair. Their composite sketch, which was was created just days later, became the face of the Zodiac and is still used today with describing the serial killer. Just three days after Paul Stein was murdered, the San Francisco Chronicle received another letter. It reads, This is the Zodiac speaking. I am the murderer of Washington Street and Maple Street last night. To prove this, here is a bloodstained piece of his shirt. I am the same man who did in the people in North Bay area. The SF police could have caught me last night if they have searched the park properly instead of holding road races with their motorcycles seeing who could make the most noise. The car drivers should have just parked their cars and sat there quietly waiting for me to come out of cover. School children make nice targets. I think I shall wipe out a school bus some morning. Just shoot out the front tire and then pick off the kitties as they come bouncing out. There are eight known suspects for being the Zodiac Killer, but for now, we're just going to go over the ones that haven't been ruled out, starting with Lawrence Kane. Lawrence Kane was suspected because he worked in the same Lake Tahoe Hotel as Donna Lass, who disappeared in 1970 and may have been another Zodiac victim. He served served in the Naval Reserves, where he might have learned coding, and a 1962 car accident left him with a brain injury that could have compromised his ability to control urges. He was arrested for peeping in 1961 and for prowling in 1968. A retired police detective investigating the case in the 1980s claimed that Kane's name was embedded in one of the Zodiac ciphers, and that Darlene's sister, Linda, had identified a photo of Kane as the man she said had bothered Darlene at the restaurant. A San Francisco police officer who probably saw the Zodiac moments after Stein's murder said Kane's photo was closer than any other likeness he had seen. Kathleen Johns, who escaped from a man believed to be the Zodiac in Modesto in 1970, also identified a photo of Kane as the abductor. Suspect number two, Ross Sullivan. Why he was suspected. The 1966 murder of Sherry Jo Bates in Riverside, California, bore many similarities to the Zodiac killings. Staffers at the Riverside... City College Library near where Bates' body was found said a co-worker, Ross Sullivan, had made them uncomfortable and disappeared for several days after the murder. Sullivan also sported a crew cut and glasses similar to the, a, to the composite sketch of the Zodiac. He moved to Northern California in 1967 and was hospitalized several times for bipolar disorder and schizophrenia. Sullivan wore an army jacket and military-style boots like those that left footprints at the Lake Berryessa stabbings. Zodiac buffs also note that his letters mention the Mikado by Gilbert and Sullivan, which could be a reference to Sullivan's name. 